Welcome to Marketing with Confidence. I'm your host, Marianne Amies. We're going to be talking all things digital and online marketing for business owners and marketing professionals. If you've been feeling overwhelmed by your digital marketing, be sure to listen along and you'll hear tips, interviews and more that will give you the confidence to create marketing you love. Welcome back to another episode of Marketing with Confidence. I'm so excited to be joined by the amazing Angela Henderson, international award-winning business coach for women and the podcaster on the Angela Henderson online business show. Thank you so much for joining me today, Ange. Oh my goodness, always excited to be in your energy, Marianne. So thrilled to be here with you today. To kick off, can you introduce yourself to everyone and tell them how you became obsessed with helping women make more money? Yeah, I mean, first thing I always say is that I'm a proud Canadian. Don't think I'm American. So proud Canadian who loves eating Nutella straight from the jar. And I also love the color pink with a good splash of glitter. Uh, you know, real quick, my kind of background is I did an undergrad in psych and sociology, did a master's of social work, and then became a licensed clinical social worker where I used to diagnose people with schizophrenia, bipolar, wow. autism, anxiety, etc. And then also did one-to-one therapeutic uh, additional interventions. Um, so yeah, so I worked in the mental health industry for 15 years, had my beautiful son Finley, and then we were playing one day at about nine months, and he was playing with all these beautiful toys that we had been given, but they were all electronic. And uh-huh. I was like, hashtag my kids watch TV and do all that. But I was like, surely at nine months, there's other toys that are out there that aren't just like these bells and whistles. And also I was like, I've got ADHD. I was like, so this noise, I'm just gonna have to <laughs> cut this shit down. Um so as an ex, obviously, as a social worker, I was like, well, what could they be doing for my fine motor skills, gross motor skills, etc. And then I opened up a store called Finley and Me, creating yeah. childhood memories through play, love and travel. We ended up with 1400 different products at the end. Wow. Uh, and pre- predominantly, again, we focused on creating childhood memories through wooden toys, imaginary play, outdoor play, you know, a whole bunch of different things. And ultimately, it was around bringing parents and children together, but yeah. sparking their imagination and creativity. Uh, And then through Finley and me, I also had a secondary revenue stream where I became one of Australia's leading uh, parenting influencers, where I was signed with Netflix, Club Meds, Hilton, Spotlights, Coles, Woolies, etc. to do influencer marketing there. So that was really good because I learned the importance of having different revenue streams. Yeah, I kind of feel that we go in this itch around anywhere between three to seven years, we start to get bored and I could feel the boredom starting to come in <laughs> and my kids were outgrowing the baby kind of sector. Yeah. Uh, and I, so I made the decision to close Finley and me. Uh, we did not sell it because it was so infused with me and my brand and the kids. Yeah. Like We had 50,000 people on our email list. We had over a hundred thousand people on our socials. So we could have definitely made money, but it was, I didn't feel comfortable selling because it was infused with Finley, Chloe, my daughter and I, so yeah. we didn't sell. Uh, and then people just started picking my brain and I didn't know what that was. And I, and after 14 coffee dates, I finally realized that, uh, well, A, I don't drink coffee. <laughs> I was driving to these coffee dates an hour return sometimes. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, if I charge these people for my expertise, I could have a secondary business. And that's how Angela Henderson Consulting came about. Uh, and now I work with women, yeah, to make more money through pre- creating a personalized business strategy, because I believe you, you cannot template a business. It has to be personalized to be successful. Uh, and yeah, I, I'm, my mission, though, is really women. We've been a kind of uh, what's the word I'm looking for, Marianne? We've been on the back pedal of everything yeah. really in society. You know, our wages still are not on par with their male yeah. counterparts. Um, we miss out a lot if you're also a mother, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. On opportunities and things like that. Know that though that it's not an excuse, but there's yeah. also a reality to society. Yeah. 
So my thing is, is how can I help women across the world to make more money and get the tools, community and resources they need to start to change that gap? Because we know the data shows us that when women make more money, they contribute it not only back to their family, their local community, their national community, and typically you'll also see a ripple effect internationally. Mm. So my thing is, is how can women in business get more tools and resources and community that they need that will make a difference so that we can make a bigger impact to the world? So yes. I love that. That's so fantastic. I have to say, I think my son is only a year younger than your son. And I absolutely remember Finley and me. I definitely bought presents. I bought stuff for us. Such a beautiful website and and such a beautiful story. And I think, as you said, it, it's it, it's almost when you look back, that's, you know, around a decade ago, that whole personal <laughs> brand thing was not as much tapped into it as in now, but you hit the nail on the head because you've built it as a personal brand, selling that and then watching someone else do something to it away from your values or away from your mission would actually be so hard to watch and and, and hard to go through. And I love that your mission is all about helping women make more money. And, you know, I'm always the optimist and I, you know, I, I passionately resist any sort of poor women content, but there is also a reality. And, and I was mentoring a, a marketer today through um, the Australian Marketing Institute, and she must be about 30. And she was sort of hinting around how do you have kids and have your career? And it was a really hard conversation because I, I sort of said to her, everybody obviously approaches what happens after they have kids differently. And, and certainly, you know, I'm talking to my experience but I think for a lot of women, we're so career driven and we're going after that so hard. And then we have kids and our priorities change, what we want changes, and then our time changes. And it's really hard to go back after that career in that same way. And I think it's sort of like we're on this trajectory and then we become mothers. And then there's this pressure, like, I don't want to give up my career, but I want to be a great mom. And somewhere in there, you know, a lot of careers stall. A lot of women leave the workplace for extended times or enter jobs that they're completely overskilled for. It's just this kind of reality of being a woman where to, to bring forth children, we do almost step back. Most, you know, many of us, not all, but step back for a period of time and, and lose money, lose identity, lose all those things. So I think, you know, the passion that you have for helping women in this way is, is so needed and, you know, uh, such an important conversation to be having. 100%. And I also know that like when I first started off with Finley and me, I would go to a lot of conferences where I was one of the only females and I was in a room filled with males, right? Mm -hmm. And they're like, so that's so lovely that your husband allowed you to come. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, and oh my God, who has the children? I'm like, my husband's the fucking sperm donor. Yeah. He's more than capable of taking care of our children. Yeah. And I was like, and he didn't let me come. I chose to come, yeah. right? Yeah. So I do know that it was a little bit disheartening. Now I will, I'm going to say this disheartening, but I'll also say this. I would have, my husband and I are separated after 20 years. Mm. I would have left him a lot earlier if I didn't get the support. And what I say, because I'm not waiting around for anyone. And okay. I think that's, this is the thing is, despite us losing a bit of our identity, which I think it goes hand in hand with motherhood. I also am sick and tired of the story of women bitching though to Marianne. Do you mm. know what I mean? Yeah. For me. Oh yeah. For this, the husband doesn't do this. Da, 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 da. I'm like, but have you asked your husband? Yeah. And they're like, oh, well, what do you mean? I'm like, Theoretically, if you've been in a marriage for 20 years or 10 years, five years, and you've done the dishes every night, you've actually trained your husband to go sit on the couch. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like we've, we've contributed to this, right? And so one of the things I say is that 
whatever you are not changing, you are choosing. Yeah. Well, yeah. So, that's a great point. And so if you're not happy, do you know what I mean? In your marriage, like I was either choose to change, but if you're not choosing, that's still your choice, right? Yeah, but don't 100%. bitch about it. Right. Yeah. Does the struggle, is the struggle still there? 100%. I'm not minimizing the struggle that we have as mothers. But what I'm saying is that oftentimes we don't ask for help because in Western culture, we're then looked upon as weak. Yeah. Uh, we run very much from a masculine side of energy in Western cultures versus leaning into our feminine side where we do surrender, right? And kind yeah. of lean into that. Yeah. And these are all things that I've had to learn. So I would encourage women out there that like, if you are stuck, if you are feeling like a bit resentful of that motherhood and whatever role is two things. One, you can be a successful woman in business and you can still be a great mother. I had to learn that you can do both if you choose to, right? But the other thing that you can do is is remember that again, you got to ask, ask for help, ask your community help, ask your parents to help, ask neighbors to help. Um, and, and again, because in a Western culture where we don't have that village, it's so important you know, to surround yourself with a village. So yes. No, I love that. And I I work with a few energy uh, people and I often get told that, the, you know, I mean, obviously I've run a business for a very long time, that masculine energy, they're always like, you need to lean into your feminine energy, you need to ask for help. And it's just, I think sometimes it's just that we're just so used to having to do it all, but we put that on ourselves and, and it, you know, and then we resist the how I know my, my husband's really hands-on and we've both worked for that to be like that. And sometimes on a Sunday, he'll say like, do you want me to prep your lunch for the week? And I go, no, like I should be able to do that for myself. And then I go, yes, actually, I do want you to do that. And it's just remembering it's okay. And letting other people help you actually often makes them feel great and empowers them. And, and, you know, we think we have to do it all. I think you're absolutely right. There are times there when it's like, it's like, oh no, I can just do it. But then you're like, well, hold on a minute. Actually, that's going to save me 30 yeah. minutes or 45 minutes. Hell yes. I will take prep, prep lunches, please. I know. And I'll also take, do you know what I mean? A diet Coke or I'll take this. And I'll <laughs> take a side of booty too. Do you know what I mean? It, you know, like I'll take a side of everything. So yes, I think too. And I think it's also about the importance of women being able to receive. Yeah. It's very hard to receive, right? It and is. I encourage the women too. I'm assuming you would too, like the women that we work with, like sit in receiving a compliment, mm. receive, you know what I mean? Um, receiving money is also a difficult thing that women have trouble receiving, right? Receiving yeah. help. So there's, um, we can talk about it uh, later on, but I always like to share like this, uh, one of my favorite books about um, how it's called The Go-Giver by Bob Berg and John David Mann. And it's, uh, I pick it up about two to three times a year, but it's by far one of my favorite books. And what they talk about is the five laws of stratospheric success. And they talk about the law of value. And they talk about your true worth is determined by how much more you given value than you take in payment. Mm. And then they talk about the law of compensation. Your income is determined by how many people you serve and how well you serve them. They then talk about the law of influence. Your influence is determined by how abundantly you place other people's interests first. They talk about the law of uh, authenticity. The most valuable gift you have to offer is yourself. And they talked about the law of receptivity. The key to effective giving is to stay open to receiving. And I guess the reason why I share that here at this particular point of the podcast is that the reality of it is, is that we have a hard time with receiving and the more we can receive, the more we open our heart and the more we open our heart, everything is energy, I believe. So again, just being able to sit with that, some of this won't hit for all people listening mm. because when this came to me, I was like, 
what the hell are these people talking about? Like, this is too woo for me. I'm out, right? Yeah. Um, but the more I've sat with it over kind of the last kind of five to seven years, I'm like, oh, this makes sense. So whoever's listening, the, the, the fact is, is we might just be dropping a seed today about receiving yeah. and, and opening up your feminine side. But I think it's super important that these conversations are happening more and more uh, because I do believe masculine energy has kind of ruled the roost for so long. Yeah, beautiful. And I, yeah, I, I think I haven't heard it in that way in terms of the, the power of receiving, but I think it even, it even opens my mind up further to that. And I think it's, yeah, being comfortable. It is, it is like the compliment. My, I was at something the other day and somebody said to my 11 year old daughter, Oh, you're so beautiful. And she said, thanks. Just pure and simple. Thanks. And That's I looked at it, takes. <laughs> wow, wow, I would not have handled that compliment. I would have deflected. I would have made a funny joke. I would, you know, I would have had something else to say or do. And, you know, she's just, it was such an example to me. And now thinking about it, it's receiving just to be able to go, thanks, full stop. You know, I think it's it's a it's a great place for women to move towards. Um, I'm going to fast fire some questions at you. And tell me if you already answered it. Otherwise, your favorite business book. Yes. So The Go-Giver by Bob Berg and John David Mann. Get it. It's an easy read. It is phenomenal. Love it. Best follow at the moment. So who you can't get enough of on social media. Ooh, this is a tricky one. I actually kind of stopped following anyone, really. And I guess the reason why is I felt that I was getting so absorbed with everyone else's messaging and what everyone else was doing, not even from a place of a trigger, because I love being triggered because I find that there's healing that needs to be done. It wasn't even from that. It was about I'm losing my own voice Mm. because I'm so consumed about what other people are doing. So if I'm honest at the moment, I'm not following like I've had like I follow obviously people I follow you on social media like I follow friends and and other businesses but I'm not obsessed with anyone at the moment because I'm really trying to lean into using my own voice I love that and what gets you out of bed each day listen what gets me out of bed each day is breaking generational wealth patterns within my family and breaking other transgenerational patterns. So my um, grandmother didn't speak to her mother. My mother didn't speak to my grandmother and I don't speak to my mother. And so my relationship with my daughter, I will always have to consciously and unconsciously work a hundred million more times harder on that relationship than anything else. And so I wake up every day going, what can I do today to break the cycle of the women in our in our family? And I also wake up every day to go, what can I do to help more women make more money, whatever that looks like on any given day? Um, And I also just wake up and get out of bed just because life is good. You know, it's another day earth side. and, And why shouldn't we embrace and enjoy that and just show gratitude for that? And I loved how you talked about, you know, two things that motivate you to get out of bed. One, obviously, being breaking those relationship patterns with your daughter. And I think it's so amazing that you've done the work to see that and then are doing the work to to change it. But number two, obviously, your absolute passion for helping women make more money. You know, the fact that it's it's waking you up in the morning. Where do you think women in particular fall down when it comes to being profitable in their businesses? Yeah, it's simple. They're fucking overcomplicating everything of their business. It's really (laughs) as simple as that. They are on 900 different platforms. They're trying to do a million different strategies. They're copying other people. They're like, but it comes to overcomplicating. Simplicity scales. Let me repeat that. Simplicity scales. So I encourage women to just really think about where can they streamline their offers? Where can they streamline their marketing? Where can they streamline their team? Because at the end of the day, as I just said, simplicity scales. Awesome. And then tell me about your 
3S framework that's all about creating more profit without burnout. How did yeah, you absolutely that? Yeah, I guess I'll rewind a little bit off the back end of like simplicity scales and that the thing that women are struggling with to make more money is overcomplicating things is I will say this before I go into the 3S framework. Mm. There are three things that you actually should be focusing on. And if you can focus on these three things, I've seen it over and over again with people and women in particular making more money. One is you need to grow your audience. Two, you need to nurture your audience. And three, Mm. you need to sell to your audience. Yeah. When I talk about growing your audience, there's only three ways that you can really do that. Organic, partnership and paid. Yeah. Then once you do that, uh, and it's different for everyone, depending on what you're in aligned with, how much finances you have for marketing, for people who want to work with you, for example, Marianne, et cetera. Yeah. But then I see people, they do really great at getting the leads and top of funnel. So they're doing a really great job at marketing, but then they suck at nurturing their audience. Mm-hmm. And the example I use is that they've been asking for sex on the first date. <laughs> it's like, you know, I go to the bar and I see Johnny, who's got a really nice ass. And I'm just like, I slap his ass. And I'm like, hey, Johnny, <laughs> you and I hit like, like a quickie. Let's fuck in the bathroom, right? <laughs> this is where I see people going wrong and wrong over and over again. And so what I say is maybe you say, hey, Johnny, how are you? Can I buy you a drink <laughs> and s- switch numbers? You know, you might go out to dinner, whatever. And then you might get laid, right? No judgment if you're doing it the other way. But what I'm saying is in the world that we are now, people want to feel seen and feel heard. Mm. So nurture your audience accordingly. And please don't ask for sex on the first date. Uh And the last thing is, is then obviously you still need to ask for sex. You still need to ask for the sale. I can see people who have brought a great kind of social media or visibility presence. They've done a really great job at nurturing, but then I go to their feeds and what they're doing is, is they're showing cat memes or (laughs) or they're doing, um, I don't know, they haven't emailed their list in months, right? Or they do email their list, but they're talking about cats and not say about their marketing thing that they yeah. can do. So then what happens is, is then like they're like the, your audience doesn't actually know what you do and you're doing a disservice. So that's what I would say first is stop overcomplicating. And the three things to focus on instead is build your audience, nurture your audience, sell to your audience. And once you kind of get that, I guess I go to my three S framework on how you make more money. And my first S again is identifying to show up. What platforms are you showing up on yeah. that you like and that you're in alignment with, but also that your people, do you know what I mean, are showing up to? Yeah. Because often I will go and look at people's Google Analytics. I know you're a huge person around yeah, that I love too. It. <laughs> and I will go and look at their Google Analytics because they'll tell me something like, I'm showing up on Facebook, Instagram, and we'll say Pinterest. And well, Pinterest sucks. And I'm like, but how, how is this evidenced by? And they're like, well, it just does. I'm like, well, are you asking people at time, you know, if you're pre-qualifying, do you mean form before you hop a call where they found you? Are you asking when you onboard them where they found you? And are you looking at your data? And so one lady in my mastermind came to me and she said, I'm cutting off Pinterest. It sucks. It's a waste of my time. I said, before you jump the gun, if you look at Google analytics, like I encourage you to do every month, no, let's look at it. Yeah. Pinterest was our number one traffic source. And she was about to cut it off yeah. because, do you know what I mean? She wasn't willing to look at it's her data. Assumption. It's just based on gut feel and assumption. Yes. And just like, because people are talking about Pinterest as much as they say some of the other platforms. Yeah, it's, not like, the again, sexy, it's not the sexy, cool girl in fashion right now. Exactly. But yet it is driven by SEO and keywords, you know, yeah. um, yeah. it is, there's so much traffic and paid ads can be ran on there. There's so much that you can do with Pinterest. And I think it's an underutilized platform personally. So my first test is about showing up, but I also see people showing up on platforms that they hate. So for example, you will not, I'm on LinkedIn, but it is tokenistic. We just publish whatever I'm publishing on something else to that platform. It's just a, 
tick box. Do you know what I mean? For yeah. social proof that I'm on there, nothing else. But I'm not in DMs. I'm not doing a strategy. I'd yeah. rather gouge my eyes out than be on LinkedIn. <laughs> Right. And so the thing is, is if you're on a platform like LinkedIn and you hate it, the energy to result in either attracting clients or do you know what I mean? Repelling yeah. clients. Yeah. So the first thing you go assess what platform up on, what is your data saying about it? What do you keep and what do you let go of? And what is going to make you the biggest return on investment? The one thing that you cannot get back is time. Yeah. Stop wasting your time on shit that is not going to get you a return on investment yeah. and that you're not in alignment with. So my first S is where are you showing up? Yeah. The second S is strategy. Yeah. And what I say is there might be people showing up on platforms that are aligned with and they're really happy with that. But as you would probably see with the people that you do for marketing, mm. they've got no they've got no overall business strategy yeah. tying everything in. All right. And then they've got no marketing strategy. Again, yeah. aka throwing up cat memes. <laughs> so my whole thing is, is it is your responsibility to create a visibility strategy and an overall business strategy, because without it, it's like the blind leading the blind. Yeah, You're on a ship, but who's steering the ship? So first thing you need to show up. Second thing is you need an overall, those two strategies. And the last thing is you need to sell. In my opinion, you should be selling every single day. Yeah. Now, people will say it's an overkill. I disagree. The algorithm, if you're spe- specifically, if you've got an organic visibility strategy, if that's it, you're lucky if 5% of your stuff is showing up oh, in someone's absolutely. feed on absolutely. any given day. Yeah. So if you've got 100 followers, five of them are only going to see your stuff. Yeah. And you have to hope that those five want what you're selling on that <laughs> particular day. And the likelihood of that is probably zero. Yeah. Right. So again, I don't think it's an overkill by, do you know what I mean? Posting quality content or quality things that are going to help your audience every single day. The other thing is, is I find women in business, I don't more so than men, because I do still work with men, just not on as big a scale. But women, Mm -hmm. if you think about it, and you're listening, most of us out here have had a nine to five job. And in that nine to five job, you had to do an interview, you then had to sign a contract, and then you got your job position with the KPIs. You didn't meet your KPIs, you were then getting hauled into your boss's do you know what I mean? Yes. You were getting reprimanded and either getting a warning or you were getting fired. It was your job to do those KPIs. And as the CEO of your company, it is Mm. your job to sell. Mm. Yeah. But yet people have a problem with selling. There's so many fears about, do you mean asking for money, whatever your money blocks are, figure them out and get over them. Because without selling, you don't get your your products in front of people. If you don't get your products in front of people, people can't buy. And if people don't buy, you don't have a business. Yeah. It's as simple as that. Yeah. So show up on the right platforms, look at your data to create an overall strategy and your you know what I mean, marketing strategy. And yeah. three, ask, you know, you need to go in there and you need to be selling. It is your yeah. job every single day to sell. And if you have a problem with selling, reflate, reframe it with serving. Mm. Every day I get to show up and serve my audience, my mm-hmm. awesomeness. And mm-hmm. I get to serve, do you know what I mean? My whatever insert product or offer. And I get to help more people because of this. So a lot of it comes down to working on your mindset. 100%. And I think, I don't know if it's just a, as women or if it's as people, I tend to think it's probably more as women, but that thought of selling, of asking for the sale of even, it took me a long time to get okay about, you know, celebrating wins, saying I did this and it was really great. And, you know, feeling that, oh, you know, I don't, not wanting to to stick your head up too high and not wanting to, you know, talk too loudly about what's going well. And, you know, in, in, in case someone might get upset or resent you or feel bad and, and and all those things, but asking for the sale. And we often have to say to clients, like, you can't assume that people even know what you do. 
if you're not saying it all the time, if you're not talking about all, especially in service business, if you're not talking about all the different aspects of your offer, your client, even your existing client won't know all the things that you do. They've come to you for one thing. If you're not on your social media highlighting other stuff, how is, how is anybody ever going to find out what you do? 100%. And that's the thing is, again, we think that everyone knows what we're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> we think like even today, like I'm sitting here like, how would people not know that they're overcomplicating? How would people not know about organic <laughs> partnership and pay? But it's because you and I've been doing this for over yeah. a decade, right? Yeah. It just is yeah. comes second nature to us. But to the majority of your listeners, they're going to be like, oh, shit, I didn't think about that. Or I didn't know that, right? Yeah. So it's the same thing doing with selling is so often like people have been in my ecosystem for 12 months working with me. And they're like, oh, I didn't know that your Bali retreat's happening in October. Like, whoa, how did I miss that? And I'm like, yeah. how did you not not know about it? Do you know what I mean? They're like, Ange, we haven't seen it anywhere. You know, now, not, not if they're already working with me, they might not still be on my email list, for example. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but they're like, and I'm like, well, it went on an email. I've done videos on socials. They're like, yeah. and we haven't seen it in our feed. And that goes to my point about, you know, continuing to show up and never be afraid yeah. that the algorithm's only showing a small percentage Absolutely. of what you're putting out there. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, and, and that's another, you know, comment we get from clients all the time. Like, oh, I can't, you know, we say, we're going to post for you five to six times a week. Oh no, that's too much. It's too much. I don't want people to feel like I'm, you know, everywhere in their face. And so you'd be actually lucky out of that five to six, if most people see two to three a week, you know, it's, it's just, there's so much content that people are, able to receive that yours is just one piece of a very big puzzle of content being pushed towards them and then you know depending on all the things they follow depending on how often they go online depending on how often they engage with you it, it, it exactly that experience that you've had your own you know biggest fans might not even know 100 percent, and it's just about again by and so by showing up on the platforms that you want to and that light you up that five to six times a week isn't going to feel hard in fact it's going to feel light yeah. and easy yeah. and again because everything is energy that's why i encourage you to go and look at like really go back to the basics yeah when i first started in business in this particular business it was like we did facebook facebook group then yeah. we layered on instagram then we layered on the next year podcast then we layered on pinterest right like yeah. we didn't do it all at once we were layering based on what yeah. do you mean where our client was and based on what I had capacity and based on what I wanted to do, right? Yeah. So it doesn't happen overnight. And I encourage women to remember that, you, you know, your chapter one, don't compare it to someone chapter Absolutely. 30, right? Absolutely. That we're all at different spaces. Yeah. Yeah. And I always say to clients as well, you've got two things, you've got time or money. You know, the only way you can shortcut it is by investing a lot of money. Otherwise, it's time. It's taking, you know, li living through the time it takes for those processes and for you to get where you want to go. But, you know, the 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 big money investment strategy also comes with a lot of risk. Whereas if you've got the time and the patience and the tenacity, you'll probably get further on that longer journey. You're exactly right there, Marianne. You can either choose. I believe all women can do it organically, but I mm. reckon it's going to take you an extra five to six years to get you to where you want to go. By the time you figure everything out, Google it or do it all organically. Mm -hmm. And that's okay if that works for you and your family. But please do not bitch and moan that it's taken you five to six years because you've chosen to do it that way. Yeah. All right. So that's yeah. my big thing there. Whereas with money, even if you just pay $10 or $20, whatever, just to go to a networking event. I also believe the transformation is in the transaction. And also believe that when you pay, you pay attention. So whether or not, whatever that looks like, start investing in yourself little bit by little bit. 
And remember, what is it that you need now and who can help you move you the quickest to get you that answer? Because I'm telling you, spending eight hours trying to Google something and watch YouTube videos when you could have dropped $100 and had your stuff like answered, it might mean that you need to go back and get a part-time job for 10 hours a week. And I know that might sound brutal to some people, but just take that 10 hours a week that you're working and put it back into your business and you will grow so much quicker than continuing to do the hard yards. It's so true. And and I think it it really is that it's that misconception. And because there's so much information out there, I think people feel like they can solve it, they can crack it. You know, I read an article, I read a blog, I followed this person, but all that content is someone's expertise that they're distilling a drop of because they have years of experience. And yeah, the the fastest way is to work strategically with experts to get you there. Oh gosh, I hundred percent agree wholeheartedly. Mm-hmm. So, and you know, as we sit here today, I mean, the press certainly has harped on and harped on about uncertain times. And and I know that can be more or less impacting different businesses right now. But I guess with the women that you work with and, and the work that you do, how do you think, you know, we can recession-proof our business offers right now? Listen, I, I would say, first of all, I don't think we can recession-proof anything. Yeah. As I would never, it would be like women coming to me going, how much is how much can you guarantee you're going to make me? So I, would, <laughs> I, I never want to promise that you can recession-proof anything. But what I can say is that there is more than enough money to be made. Mm. What I can say is, is that uh, you may have to pivot. And what I, I'll give you an example of what I mean. You may, may need to pivot and adapt to what your audience needs right now. Because what your audience needs now is different to probably what they needed 12 to 18 months ago. Yeah. And so look at, for example, I typically, when people work with me one-on-one, it's a minimum of six months to work with me one-on-one. And it's it's not about taking people's money. It's just that that's typically the average I've seen to get people to where they want to go and that amount of time. Yeah. However, in this current situation, in the last three months, I've been offering people a three-month opportunity yeah, sure. to work with me. Yeah. And those, well, we're going into the fourth month. So those people who have been working with me, I think there was four of them in the last three months. I don't do a lot of one-on-one work, work, one-on-one work anymore. Those four people have now all signed on for another three months. And so by meeting them where they're at and them not feeling like, oh my goodness, all my cash is strapped, do you mean, for the next six months, they felt like it's only three months and they didn't know me, right? I was still quite cold to them. So like, I trust this lady, she's going to help me. Yeah. But then when I got in there and I did the work that we agreed to and they saw how good it was, they're like, okay, I'm ready to sign for another three months. Even though times are a bit washy, I still know that I need someone to back me because I still want to be here when this is done. Yeah. So again, one, there's more than enough money to go around. Two, I can't recession proof anything because there's too many variables and I would never make any promises. <laughs> but but three is start surrounding yourself right now with the right people to keep your vibration up. Yeah. Because first of all, I don't watch the news. I have I watched the news probably five times during COVID. And before that, it was probably three years before that. Mm-hmm. And so I don't watch the news. Even if I'm driving in the car with my kids, we're listening to Spotify because yeah. I also believe that my kids don't need to hear what's going on. It doesn't yeah. help them in any way. So stop watching the news. Be mindful about what you're consuming. What groups are you showing up in? Are you going to family dinners on Sunday night where Uncle Harry, Uncle Joey, Aunt whatever are all in a frizzle? Stop fucking going. Do you know what I mean? Or put your boundaries in place and say like, hey, I don't really want to talk about this. Can we talk about other things? Because when I come here, it gets me down and I just want to really be like, you have to own that. So be mindful about what you're putting in your ears, what you're putting in your body, uh, who you're surrounding yourself with. 
Um, but just remember that there's always opportunity. Yeah, there, there really is. And, you know, what I also say, someone said to me when we hit COVID, oh, my goodness, people are going to stop paying you for a consultant and people are going to stop doing this. And I was like, well, if that's the case, I'll go and work at McDonald's. Yeah. And I remember my family going, what do you mean you to work at McDonald's? I was like, because there's always money to be made. Oh, and so, it's like you're my inner voice. Like I have said that line so many times that there is always money to be made one way or another. You know, there's always money that you can make. And it might not be the way that you want it. Correct. Do you know what I mean? Let me make yes. that clear. Like 100%. I don't, I don't like having to do three month contract. Yeah. But I'm willing to do it because I still know these women need help. And I still know that when I do a good job, they're going to sign me again. Right. And also, I would say, lastly, is that when we think about this is stop, go and do the inner work right now than ever before. Find the money, find Mm -hmm. your hypnotherapist, find your therapist, find your healers, find whoever it is that's going to need to ground you. Because a lot of what will go on right now is the inner self belief. Do you mean or lack of belief in yourself in your self worth, right? Now is the time to boost that more than ever before and back yourself. Because no one's again, no one's coming to save you. Yeah. So you're going to need to learn to save your ass. And like I said, the the choice is always yours, do it or don't do it, but don't bitch about it. I love it. This has been such a great chat. We have covered so much ground uh, and so many, so many amazing takeaways. I think it's just jam packed. So thank you so much. I appreciate, as always, all your generosity as well as your wisdom. Where, oh gosh, besides, absolutely. You know, besides subscribing to your amazing podcast, where else can people connect to you? Yeah. I'd encourage you to go to my website, which is just AngelaHenderson.com.au. And from there, you can choose to listen to the podcast. You can choose to check out our Bali retreat that's happening in October. You can choose to look at my masterminds, whatever it floats your boat for you. You do what feels in alignment for you. And I just look forward to staying connected. Amazing. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Have an awesome day, my friend. Hey, thanks for listening to another episode. If you don't want to miss one, make sure you subscribe to the show in your podcast app. And if you love it, be sure to share it with friends and colleagues who you think could benefit from increasing their digital marketing confidence. Want more? Head to MarianneAmys.com to find out how you can work with me directly, to reach out to have me speak at your event, or to grab yourself some free resources. 